Welcome to This Week in the State Line, where we talk with local people about the local topics that you care about. Well, good morning. It's Steve Summers. We're talking to number 12. Uh, He wants to put a name to that. Our COVID-19 person in the state line is Ted O'Donnell. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Steve. Uh, First of all, amen that you're coming forward and amen that you are alive and doing well. So that's good news. First, right off the bat. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, um, my family and myself are very happy. <laughs> so are you feeling uh, just tired now? Because you've had it for a couple of weeks now, correct? Yeah, it, it's, it was, uh, I mean, for a good solid five days, you, you just you couldn't do anything. Um, but right now I'm on the upswing and doing well. I just have some shortness of breath and just tired. That's about it. So your family and, and you are still quarantined? You're, you're not seeing your family yet? I, I am seeing my family now, yeah. We just started the other day, and um, they would be showing symptoms by now if they had it. So oh, great. We, we are we are all okay, We are, but we are quarantined to our home and until we're released by Winnebago County Health Department or the CDC. And before that, you were quarantining yourself, correct? Yes, we were. We've been... We've technically been on our own lockdown since uh, about the 14th or 15th of March, just because my kids had a little stomach bug. So we didn't want to even expose that to other people. So we just locked ourselves down, and then I got sick on St. Patrick's Day, and that was it. <laughs> wow. So Ted O'Donnell is our guest, and um, he's COVID-19, number 12. And uh, I applaud you for stepping forward and putting a face and a name and a realization that this is not just make-believe, it's actually happening, that... Um, there are people that we know that are getting this disease or virus. So thank you for doing that, first of all. So how is this different than the flu? I guess that's the biggest question everybody has. I mean, what does it feel like? It's it, for, for me, I thought it was the flu in the beginning, um, except like the flu times 10. The, it was unbelievable pain in your body. Your whole body's aching, bones and muscles that you didn't even know you had uh, were, were just, it was, was horrible. And the fever just would not break, no matter how much Excedrin or Tylenol I was taking. I couldn't get the fever to get below 102. So I knew there was something wrong and there was more to it. I didn't have the coughing uh, or heavy chest pain uh, that you hear about with uh, the coronavirus, but I did have all the other symptoms. So uh, I I called my doctor and and uh, they suggested I come in for a flu test and the COVID-19 test, and that's what I did the next day. Wow. So that test itself had to be pretty hard is what we're seeing. It sucks. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's it's a very long cotton swab, uh, and you have to have it twice because they have to do one for the flu and one for COVID. So they, they shove it you know, through your nostrils to the back of your – I was making a joke that they were swabbing my brain with it because it just seems so far back. Um, but that's that's how they have to do it. Um, outside of checking your all the other important parts, you know, the your vitals, your temperature, and, and such. But uh, yeah, the flu test came back negative when I was there, and uh, that was a shame because that's what I was hoping for. Right. Pretty sad when we hope we had the flu. Yeah, and uh, uh, they had to send the, the COVID nineteen test off to a lab, so I didn't get the results till the other day. And that was done in our local hospital. No, it was done through my practitioner. So uh, when I got sick, the first thing I did was, you know, I I thought, well, I better call my doctor. But first, I kind of want to check what the guidelines are. So I went to Swedish American's website, the hospital, and they listed, you know, not to come to the hospital if you're having symptoms of COVID. 
but to call your primary doctor. So that's that's what I did. I just followed what they laid out, and uh, glad I did. But those I 11 days had to be just excruciating for you, waiting to see if you had it or not. That's got to be the hardest part, the mind games. It was a lot of anxiety, and unfortunately, my amazing doctor and his staff, they, they just they pressed the lab as hard as they could, but were at their mercy, you know, of the lab. And uh, it, all of us were just waiting and waiting and waiting, and um, it, it, it was horrible, Steve, I'm not going to lie, because I'm already an anxious person as it is, <laughs> and, how, and how my mind works. And uh, uh, I, as we got further away from the test date, I started being optimistic that, you know what, the, no news is good news, right? You know, right. we always right. hear, so... I thought, well, the test is probably going to be negative, and I can get on with my life to normalcy, and everybody I had to have quarantine can get on to their lives. And then we got the call Sunday, and uh, my doctor, when he, when he told me that I was positive, my heart just sunk. I was like, I oh, bet. my God. So uh, was, there special, was there special medication, or did they prescribe just Tylenol and stay away and rest and fluids? Um, and- uh, because of where I'm at right now, the rest and fluids is the most important part. Um, my lungs is an issue. Uh, I am an asthmatic, so my doctors are more concerned about uh, the scarring that COVID can do to the lungs. And over a period of just 12 hours, it can completely scar out a lung. So after I get on a healthier stance, I will be going and getting an x-ray just to see what the damage is or what the damage has been done to my lungs. Otherwise, uh, no, no medications. Um, the way I get released by what the CDC states is that I cannot have a fever for a minimum of 72 hours, no coughing, and my shortness of breath is under control. So once those three things are met, then I'll be able to be repopulated, I guess you could say. I also heard, don't you have to take the test two more times and get two no's? I mean, that would be like crazy. Yeah, the... I, I don't know where we're where we stand at that yet. Uh, Winnebago County Health Department contacted me yesterday, took all my information. As of right now, the only thing that I I have to do with the county is report to them twice a day if I have a fever and my my symptoms. Um, and then I guess somebody's going to contact me again from there to say, "All right, here's the next step." Um, but you know, later today, Steve, I'll be doing a uh, another video. Um, retracting my number 12. I was hoping I was number 12, just because I love the number. Yeah. But right. <laughs> uh, apparently I'm like number 15 or 16 because I didn't have my paperwork filed for it right away. Oh, okay. Well, the, the jersey we ordered with the number 12 on it for you, we're going to have to rechange all that and exchange it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to Ted O'Donnell, who is a uh, well, the first person with a name and a face and somebody that we know with COVID-19, so we're all curious. Um, the, the whole concept of you being a singer for Dirty Fish Net Stockings, uh, your lungs have got to be one of your main concerns right now, correct, for power? You know what, what's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because this morning uh, I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to see if I can belt out a couple verses to one of my favorite songs. So uh, as, any, as any performer does, they go in the shower yep. and uh, they, they belt out a song, right? You know, let the steam get in your lungs. And I couldn't get through the first verse without gasping for air. So not not a happy camper right now. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm really hoping there isn't some heavy scarring in my lungs uh, that's causing that. And I'm just hoping it's fatigue. Right. Um, and, and you've been sleeping quite a bit. That That's the biggest part of this is the fatigue and the headaches and the body aches. Oh, my God, yeah. I, 
I haven't been this tired forever. You know, it's it's I can't ever remember a time where I've slept so much. Um, yeah, I know some people think it's oh that must be nice. It's not. You know, your days are going by and being wasted. I'd rather be playing with my kids or having an adult conversation with my wife. Sure. Ted O'Donnell, who was, of course, with the 4th of July committee, you do the uh, Festival of Lights, uh, you perform at the RAF race with us, uh, you're just a great guy, and uh, we, we our hearts are going out to you right now. So the, um, the the question has to be asked, when or how did you get it? I mean, did you even know you got it? No, I didn't. You know, we, my wife and I have been back and forth on this. We, uh, you know, I traveled for a, a show with my band that was taking place in February down to Florida. I didn't fly. I drove. They flew. None of them got sick. Um, we, I have to chalk that up to either I, I caught it while I was traveling uh, during that for that show, or I, or I caught it here in Rockford, just being me and being out and about trying to get things done for the Fourth of July or for work or my my sure. real job. Was the show in Miami by any chance? No, no, it was not. It, okay. <laughs> it was it was down in Fort Myers, Florida. So. Or as I like to call it, God's waiting room. And, and so, so hit and miss too. You just don't know, right? No, you you have no idea. That's that's the scary part about this, Steve. Is that the, the incubation period is so long that you don't know you have something like this in your system until it's too late. And 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 that's what's scary. And I really hope our community starts taking it a lot more seriously. And which is another reason why I did that live video. I am a person. Uh, I live here in Rockford. It, it it could have taken me down a lot worse than it did, and I don't know what my family would have done, and and I'm scared to death that I've maybe infected some people that I love now, um, which is my own demon that I have to deal with. But right. people need to take this a lot more seriously and, and abide by the federal standard of the 30 days or, and and whatever Pritzker says from here on out. Stay home, just stay, stay home. home. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you can't, Steve. You got to work this thing out. <laughs> essential. That's what they say. I am. I'm, I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how I got to be essential. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, when you have all that time on your hands, because you obviously had to, you know, self isolate for eleven, fourteen days, however long it was, passing the time when you weren't sleeping, so you don't go crazy, had to be a challenge too. Yeah. It. It. it was not fun. So there was there was some stuff I was doing. I was doing some video edits for a uh, video that we took down in Florida with the band. And um, be honest, be honest, it wasn't video edits. You were looking to see who you were talking to, see if you could track down the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're on to me. <laughs> so he was looking pinky. Um, yeah, I, 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 and then of course I did the all American thing and watched a lot of Netflix. Uh, so I had that going for me. Well, but, well you weren't binge watching this whole Tiger King or whatever it is, were you? I I couldn't stop. I it's, <laughs> you know it's only seven episodes, so that gets you right there. The marketing is brilliant, but uh, yeah, I did. I, I fell for the trap of Tiger King. So the uh, first responders and the healthcare workers that are on the line, obviously, you see, uh, you saw them face to face. That fear in their eyes, and they are doing their job. They're the uh, soldiers in this battle. What would you like to say to them? Because you had firsthand experience with that. Thank you, and I love everything that you guys are doing for our community and for any American that is going through this right now, and that is and that is scared. Um, I, I'm lucky. My doctor, his nurses, his staff, you know, I had to go through a special door when I got there. They were all suited up, and that was the first time, Steve, that, it actually hit me that oh my god this is like this is really serious 
And, you know, they cover you in a mask and tell you not to touch anything, and you get in there, and they do the tests, and they work like clockwork, but then they got to go home to their families, you know, and and, and pray to God they don't have it or spread it. I, 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 they need our prayers, and they need anything that we can help them with. So if anybody at home has gloves or masks, uh, tattoo shops or barbers or anybody else, stylists that have this stuff laying around your shop right now that you feel you can donate, please do, because they need them bad. And don't go to the hospitals first. Go to the private practitioners that will be running these tests first. Right. Well, we, we wish you a speedy recovery. I know you're on the, uh, the men's now, and when uh, this is all over, you probably can't wait to taste the beverage of your favorite choice right now. Oh, yeah. I'm going down the Prairie Street and going to have <laughs> everything that's on their menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, a speedy recovery, and thanks for sharing your story. And uh, like I said, it, it's a brave guy to put a face and a name with uh, a situation such as this. And um, I, I hope the community embraces you for what you're doing because it truly is a, mir- a miracle. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate your time and, uh, and sticking through this with our community. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning. We're talking to Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara once again. And Tom, what a crazy week. Uh, we started off with the city council meeting. We should probably go back a few hours to find out about essential businesses. We should start there, huh? Yeah, so we uh, we definitely have had a long week, a uh, pretty difficult week. Uh, started off with a different type of uh, council meeting, uh, meeting virtually, which uh, uh, had its challenges, but we were able to get some good city business done. Uh, But one of those items was about essential and non-essential businesses. So what this ordinance that we passed does is it allows us, uh, if a business is deemed non-essential and they continue to operate after multiple notices, it allows us to fine them up to $750 a day. Now, Steve, we we obviously don't want to be fining businesses. Uh, That's a last resort but this ordinance does allow us to find businesses and or individuals who are out uh, not following this governor's stay-at-home ordinance. Uh, and it's really critical right now. I, I, I'm getting kind of, to be honest with you, Steve, a little tired of saying it. But right. folks have to realize how very real this is and that they need to stay home. And I think uh, if you think just two, two big reasons, one is uh, we saw this past weekend – an infant die. Uh, you just think about the most cherished lives in our communities. Those are our youngest kids. Uh, if that doesn't bring it home, I don't know what will. Then we saw most recently Ted O'Donnell, who's done a great job and given back so much to our community in different ways, uh, share his message uh, of being, I believe he called it, patient number 12 here locally. This is very real. And if you just think, since he, he came out, we're now up to 24 uh, cases, and those cases are continuing to grow. And we've most sadly had one of those cases uh, pass away. That's just the hard part, the phantom. I know uh, keeping track and following you in all the press conferences, I know that one got you as a father. I know that one hurt a little bit. 
It really does. I mean, you think about it. I, I mean, the more you read, uh, no one ever really wants to think about their own death. But you, you think about uh, all that all of these COVID patients are going through. You have no one, none of your family, none of your clergy, uh, no one is allowed to come in and see you. Uh, it, it has to be an incredibly lonely experience. Uh, and so I think uh, the best way that we can honor those who are going through uh, this really horrific disease is to follow the instructions that all the medical experts who are caring for those individuals tell us. And they tell us to, uh, if we stay home, we will save lives. So every single person in our community has a role that they can play. And we're asking them, we need them to step up and play that role. You know, when you think about it, it's a very simple ask. Just stay home with your loved ones and stop the spread. That's If it was a war, we'd ask you to go collect rubber for tires and for metal for making airplanes or whatever. This is a simple ask. Just stay home, and it saves lives. Oh, I mean, you think uh, back to folks like my dad. I mean, he, uh, people were being drafted into Vietnam. They were asked... Uh, you know, in many ways to sacrifice. We're telling you, just don't go to GameStop and buy a video game. Right. Stay home. Uh, read to your kids at home. Uh, have a board game. Uh, you know, do a electronic lesson uh, for your kids' education. We're asking you to stay home. You can still buy your items online. You can still even go and pick up things at curbside at many establishments that are deemed essential. But by and large, just stay inside your house for a couple of weeks. That's all we're asking you to do. Uh, now, the uh, conferences that are happening in the afternoons, um, I know it seems like every time we come forward, we have numbers. People want to know numbers. Um, what other messages should we be watching for in those conferences, those press conferences? Yeah, so great point. Uh, uh, we are having those press conferences uh, for sure every Monday and Thursday at 3.30. Okay. And then we add in additional press conferences uh, if big uh, information items come forward. I would say there's a couple of messages. One, one is the obvious one, stay home. The second one is that we really, uh, at a local level, have been pre- preparing for this for weeks. We're seeing tremendous collaboration uh, with our health systems and all of our government bodies. I mean, we're preparing for that auxiliary, secondary uh, hospital location if needed or when it's needed. Uh, we're preparing for things, quite honestly, that no one wants to talk about. Uh, and I just want citizens to realize you have really uh, professional and wonderful people who are working 24-7 to ensure we are ready for the patient surge that we believe we will see over the next three, four weeks. And so we in Illinois, I believe now the search date is around the 22nd to the 26th. Uh, changes occasionally, but that's typically right around where it'll end up being is April 22nd to the 26th when we'll see the highest peak of cases. So we are still in the very early stages of this, which I think uh, for some can be a little bit misleading because they just look at our numbers and they say 24 cases as of today. And they're like, oh, it's only 24 people. There's 250,000 people who live in Winnebago County. Well, I keep reiterating, we are in phase one of this. It is just starting to kind of percolate and starting to come up. So uh, that's probably the big message is, is stay home and understand you have wonderful professionals from the healthcare systems to uh, your elected officials who are working well together and our first responders who are doing tremendous work. 
uh, and there's been a lot of collaboration and a lot of ingenuity uh, in our preparedness. Yeah, we watched the president talk about the curve and their date, and it seems just a little bit different than Rockford-Winnebago's date, which, again, you said the peak of the, the spike should be when again? It's it's From the data that we're looking at, it, it changes uh, and it fluctuates, Steve. Uh, it's typically between April 22nd and 26th. Mm. So... And I'm just a gambling man in some ways, and I'm just thinking that order is probably going to have to be extended to stay at home probably through May. Otherwise, it'll just respike. correct? I, I definitely think, uh, I mean, when you see the stay-at-home order, we hadn't even gotten into the m- month of April, and they extended all the way through April. Yeah. I, I think uh, you're probably uh, not too far off, Steve. I, but a lot of it, quite honestly, I mean, this is the thing that's so frustrating. People don't want to stay at home, but... The more we stay at home, especially these next two weeks, if we can really buckle down, we have a a really good shot to have a tremendous impact on the spread of COVID-19 here locally. Uh, Does it mean that everything will immediately go back to normal? Absolutely not. It will not. No one's saying it will. Uh, But these next two weeks are critical because uh, what happens in these next two weeks will affect the following two or three weeks. Uh, and so we're now a couple of days away from seeing the effect of the stay-at-home order that was instituted back, I believe, on the 21st of March. So uh, it all lags. So we're, we really need to make sure folks are following this order, especially these next two weeks, uh, until probably April you know, 14th, 15th. That's when, if we can really do a good job as a community and as a state and a country for these next 14 days, we'll have a, a really good shot at flattening this curve. Excellent. And I'll leave you with one more question, and then I'll let you go, because I do appreciate your time. I love these uh, coffee chats every week. I love it. So uh, we should continue this when everything is better, too. I think that's great for the city. I'd love it. I'd love it. And I, again, just want to say, and I mean this, I appreciate uh, you guys working so hard, uh, one, on your regular day job, but also now with all of this information, distilling it in a way that people can understand and ensuring that it's reliable, trustworthy information. That's so appreciated. Absolutely. My last question is about the uh, the business loans. I know that yeah. last week that was a big thing, that there was uh, $2 million being funded for local businesses. How's that look another week later now for the local businesses that may need assistance? So it's it's been going great. A lot of good companies get in the assistance uh, that they need. Uh, more than likely by Friday of this week, we'll have uh, more than $500,000 of that loaned out. So uh, really uh, doing well, and we have another 10 or 12 in the pipeline. So uh, it's it's going well. I think it's serving its purpose to help get these small businesses to win these federal uh, $2.2, million, or $2.2 trillion stimulus package actually hits Main Street. That's our goal is we need our local businesses to be able to get uh, and survive until that uh, $2.2 trillion stimulus hits all uh, Main Street here in Rockford. Good news. It's all good news. So, again, hunker down, stay home, save lives. Thank you for your continued uh, diligence. It's not easy, but I personally I think you're doing a great job keeping the information coming. Well, I appreciate the kind words. We've got an awesome team. I'm a really small piece of that team. So thank you, and I appreciate all the work you do. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line.